Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as uh, we're so blessed to gather together on these uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays every week. On this February 3rd, the Feast of St. Blaise, I'm praying, my friends, you're having a blessed, happy, holy, safe, and healthy day. And uh, maybe you were able to get out to Mass today, and or if your parish is having a blessing of the throats, um, hopefully you did that. If not, you can do a spiritual blessing. Ask the Lord to bless your throat today. Uh, I, I often, every time I think of, of um, the, the Feast of St. Blaise, you know, I went to Catholic school all my life, and uh, it was always, uh, you know, a trip down to the church, or, you know, we'd have, because we were a parish school, and uh, put the candles on our throats, and, and say, Father would say the blessing, and inevitably I got a cold or a sore throat. <laughs> I was, Wait a minute, this is having the opposite effect. At least I thought that anyway. Maybe I didn't get a cough or cold every Feast of St. Place, but I used to have the tonsillitis is what I used to, and now they call it strep throat because I still have my tonsils. But it was seasonal. They'd all act up. The tonsil thing would act up seasonally once a, once a, you know, a season, fall, spring, winter. And around February 3rd was my winter due date. Anyway, I hope you're staying healthy. And, and sorry about yesterday. It was obviously a snow day. Uh, we were snowed in at our home. We didn't get our, our um, uh, driveway and sidewalks uh, done yesterday until last evening. Uh, so I couldn't get the car out. And we didn't have the the uh, driveway or, or uh, parking lot here at the radio station plow. But I do, before we do anything else, we're going to pray in a second. But while we pray... I'm going to ask you to keep um, Joe Pierre Leonardi Jr. and the, his company. He's the president of Exquisite Landscape, and uh, they came over this morning um, out of the goodness of their hearts and did our driveway and our parking area. Uh, so please keep Joe Pierre, Pierre Leonardi Jr. in your prayers and their family, the Pierre Leonardi family. I'll tell you, last spring— when I did the um, our first lawn cutting here, you know, I do that. I do that myself. We don't we don't pay anybody to do that. I get out on the tractor and do it. Um, but I guess it was in it was in the first cut in the spring and probably early April, and some of the ground was still wet, and my tractor went into a a little bit of a mud ditch. <laughs> so, you know, I, we always call our our, our guardian angel Gary who has just been watching over this apostolate for many years, and I asked him if he uh, knew anybody. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing that up is because Joe Pierre Leonardi Sr. came last spring with his pickup truck and some chains and pulled my tractor out of the mud, so saved me then. And, of course, now his son, Joe Pierre Leonardi Jr., uh, president of Exquisite Landscape in Yardville, 
New Jersey. They do land design, lawn servicing, tree service, and hardscaping. Um, came over here and, and did our, our plowing. So thank you, uh, Mr. Pierre Leonardi and the good people at Exquisite Landscape for uh, clearing the snow out here so I could get my car in and get into the studio. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Keep, keep them in your prayers. These are wonderful people, and they've, they've helped us on, on numerous occasions, actually, when we needed some help. They did our plowing the last big storm we had a couple of years ago, so, and they do it uh, out of the goodness of their heart. So we are grateful for that because when we first moved into this uh, building, I didn't know anybody, and I'd have to hire a service when it snowed, and they would charge us close to $500, $600 sometimes to do the whole thing, so... It's a great blessing. Thank you, Joe. Pierre Leonardi, Jr., Exquisite Landscape from Yardville, in Yardville, New Jersey. Land design, lawn service, tree service, hardscaping they do. Um, and we appreciate your your uh, generosity in getting us all plowed out. We're going to pray. And then uh, Holy Father had his general audience today. And uh, in his general audience, Pope Francis talked about uh, liturgy. And Christianity, uh, without liturgy, is without the whole of Christ, he said. So we'll hear the teaching from Pope Francis. And then I'm going to go back to the Second Vatican Council. You know, we were in the um, decree on the apostolate of lay people, and there's a very special section here in this decree from the Second Vatican Council uh, regarding um, apostolate and the apostolate of the family. Uh, you hear us praying the family prayer. We're going to pray it right now, and uh, we're offering this free to you. I'll give you all that information after we conclude our prayers. But right now, I invite you to come together with me and all of our family, uh, joined and gathered from all over the place, because we're literally going around the world with all the media that we use. Of course, our four radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also all of our other streaming services that we have uh, we're on the Amazon Echo device <clears throat> or the Google Home device. Just say Play Domestic Church Media. We'll be there uh, streaming audio on our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, also, if you have, and I hope you have, we've had over, I think, fifteen or 1,600 downloads of our mobile app worldwide. Uh, we want more, uh, but download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. You can listen right there on your phone or tablet or actually watch because right now we do our live uh, programs here from the Sheen Center in Ewing, New Jersey. We broadcast on our YouTube channel, DCMTV. That's YouTube. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, youtube.com slash domestic church media. And also live streaming video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media. And also live streaming video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And just keep praying. Special intentions. We have. Uh, Something coming down the pike here that's even going to expand our reach even more. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't want to get too many details yet. I want to make sure all of our proverbial ducks are in a row here before I make the big announcement. But keep that in prayer because I'm excited about it. Um, You know, the Lord, whenever the Lord asks me to do something new (laughs) and, and another big project, I get excited. So let's pray with and for each other, shall we? In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, amen. And we're praying this beautiful prayer of consecration, family consecration, to the Holy Family of Nazareth. And so we pray, O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. 
O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. Uh, may we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady, the Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers uh, with the specific intention of praying to protect the church from the attacks of the devil and also we're adding to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, Saint Blaise, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you. And uh, again, I thank uh, Mr. Joe Pierre Leonardi, Jr. from Exquisite Landscape in Yardville, New Jersey, for coming over and plowing our driveway and parking lot. Um, and uh, a big, big help. Uh, saved us a few bucks there, and uh, just very nice. And thanks to our friend Gary. My goodness, Gary, our... He's really the official station guardian angel. He's been he's been watching over us uh, for many, many from the very beginning, really. And it was through uh, Gary uh, and his uh, wonderful generosity um, that funded the construction of our beautiful chapel here in the building, the Chapel of the Holy Family, and, uh, and for many other things as well. So thank you to Gary. He's a wonderful friend. The apostolate has been. And a loyal friend, a loyal friend. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Monday we had the big storm. Um, and, of course, Bruce was supposed to be here, but nobody was going anywhere on Monday. So we, we had to uh, postpone uh, the program, Bruce's program. Uh, unfortunately, the third Monday in February, which is February 15th, uh, I will not be here. Uh, I'm taking a little vacation next week and a couple days into the following week. I'll be back on Ash Wednesday. Of course, I'll be here tomorrow, and Cheryl and I will be here on Friday. But then uh, taking our winter vacation, get away a little bit. Uh, we don't usually do usually do a summer thing, so we like to get away. And I guess we're getting out of town uh, at the right time. And this is why we choose February, because 
we we uh, actually go spend some time with our dear dear um, uh, the, the beautiful Mother Angelica's Order, the Poor Clares of uh, Perpetual Adoration, uh, the Desert Nuns out in uh, Arizona, and they have a beautiful monastery out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> in the middle of the desert. And we like to take, pay a visit and spend some time there. There's a beautiful little chapel there and kind of a little retreat for Cheryl and me. It's just, uh, you know, there's a little special time. So anyway, I'll be here tomorrow. Cheryl and I will be here on Friday. But the next week I'll be on vacation. So there'll be uh, some repeat programs. Uh, and again, I put repeat on yesterday, I know, because I couldn't get in here. But um, I know you understand. So repeat programs next week. And then uh, Tuesday of the following, week, I'll be back in the studio on Ash Wednesday. Which, by the way, is two weeks from today. Ash Wednesday and Lent, only two weeks away. Now's the time to start thinking about Lent <laughs> and what we're going to do in Lent as far as our spiritual journey. You know, and last, I, we, we can't believe, I can't believe it's been almost a year. Um, you know, all this virus stuff began last March, really. that the, 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 It began earlier than that, but as far as the shutdowns and the lockdowns and everything else. Uh, right around the middle of March. So that's only a month away. And, of course, we all remember uh, our Holy Week and Easter being locked in our homes and not being able to get out to to services or masses. Um, at least this year, the churches are open, even though limited in numbers, but at least they're open and we can get there. So we just ask God to to, to take this virus and get it out of here. You know, I think we've all pretty much had it uh, with the virus and... Um, all the things that it's doing. And anyway, so Lent begins Ash Wednesday, two weeks from today. Uh, the uh, 17th of February is Ash Wednesday. So I do pray that you'll make domestic church media uh, a regular part of your Lenten journey. And I thank you for your continued prayers. And again, I'm just going to throw it out there. I have to, uh, that we do need your support. Um, these are very difficult months for us. Um, you know, we had our Radiothon in December, and through your enormous generosity, we were able to raise $144,000. But again, that represents 50% of what we need for the whole year. So the logical thought would be, well, let's have a second Radiothon, and I just, I, I'm not comfortable with that right now. Um, we will have to have some type of fundraising event coming up. Uh, we're still praying about that and how we're going to do that. Um, but in the meantime, I ask you, please, please, to be generous uh, in your support of this work. We need Catholic media now more than ever. You know, I, I'm reading articles. I'm sure you are, too, how there's a great mistrust of the uh, mainstream media. People just don't trust them anymore. They don't believe them. Uh, used to be the old days, 50 years ago, remember when Walter Cronkite sat at the CBS Evening News Desk, and he was voted the most trusted man in America in those days. We're talking 50 years ago. You wouldn't have anybody responding to a survey about any anchor man or woman today. Nobody trusts the media. But my brothers and sisters, you obviously can trust domestic church media uh, because we bring you the truth of Jesus Christ and our responsibility here, our goal here, our mission here is to proclaim the gospel without compromise, not watered down, just give you what you need to know in all of our programming, uh, 
what we do locally and, and through our affiliate with EWTN, our affiliation with EWTN and all the great programming they provide to us. And as I said, we're hoping in the next month or two, I'll be able to make uh, our announcement about our expansion, um, our media expansion and what we're going to be doing. Um, we, I believe it's the right thing to do. I, but the Lord is leading us in this direction. Um, of course, all of our, everything's going to stay the same as you know it. We're just going to add on, going to build on to the domestic church media range and, and through other media. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we're getting there. Um, let's see, anything else I have to share with you? We're gone. Uh, yeah, so Bruce won't be here uh, on the 15th, which is the third Monday of February, because I'll be away, and then uh, he'll be back uh, the, first, the first Monday in March. Um, and this Friday, which is first Friday, unfortunately, Bishop O'Connell uh, had a schedule conflict, so he can't be here this Friday, uh, as he normally is on first Friday. So a couple of things happening there. I'm not really sure what the conflict was, but he apologized, and he said, we'll, we'll schedule another time. So I'll let you know when that, when that schedule, uh, that program is scheduled and when we're going to do that. But let's, let's do this. Let's go to uh, Holy Father this morning in Rome for his Wednesday general audience. And he said that it is essential for Christians to participate in the liturgy and the sacraments to encounter the real presence of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, know, it's, I know there are many of you uh, who are still not yet comfortable going uh, to public Mass, uh, understandable, you know, we, I, the, the, certainly the dispensation is there, allowing for, for that reason, uh, for safety purposes. And if you're not comfortable, uh, there's no, obviously, pain of mortal sin for missing, ma- actually attending Mass. But the other options, and one thing we found uh, that our church is uh, so resilient uh, that within, a, you know, just a couple of months, really, uh, most parishes were streaming Masses. You can watch your Mass on YouTube or Facebook or uh, the website, uh, the uh, parish website. Um, but the idea is, and I know myself too, even when I go, and I do go, I wear the mask as required, and it, I just find it very distracting. It's just, it's just, it's almost like there's a barrier that's just kind of distracting my heart and mind from fully and totally entering in. I know it has to be done, so we do what we do, but, um, you know, we're just praying for those days where we all come back. <laughs> and can see each other smile and hear each other sing, you know, and pray together. Anyway, Holy Father said today that it is essential for us as Christians to participate in the liturgy and the sacraments to encounter the real presence of Jesus. Pope Francis said, Every time we celebrate a baptism or consecrate the bread and wine in the Eucharist or anoint the body of a sick person with holy oil, Christ is here. It is he who acts in his present as when he healed the weak limbs of a sick person or when at the Last Supper he delivered his testament for the salvation of the world. Pope Francis said, A Christianity without liturgy, I would dare say, is perhaps a Christianity without Christ, without the whole of Christ. And, you know, my friends, um, you know, you hear me oftentimes talk about uh, here in our building. We have, of course, you know, we have the beautiful chapel with the tabernacle. And I like to come in in the morning and uh, pray morning prayer, the liturgy of the hours. 
And during the day, you know, I do. I get into the chapel and, and if not pray the formal uh, daytime prayers, just some some quiet time with the Lord. And then, of course, the evening prayer that I pray, uh, formal evening prayer here in front of the tabernacle before I leave for the day. And then night prayer. I love night prayer. Night prayer Night prayer kind of starts the sleep process for me in the sense that it kind of relaxes me so much in my in my prayer that it makes it easier to fall asleep for me. Um, but, you know, we it's referred to this as the liturgy of the hours. It is liturgy, so you can participate even in liturgy on a regular basis by praying the morning prayer or praying evening prayer or any of the daytime prayers, night prayer. That It is liturgy, and you can, you can participate in that. Um, so in addition to, if you're able to attend Mass or you do attend Mass, that's great. Some people even go to daily Mass. That's great. Um, if you are not comfortable yet with that and you watch the stream or listen to our broadcasts of the Mass, uh, that's wonderful. You know, it's there. You participate. And, of course, you can you can uh, enter into the Liturgy of the Hours on your own. There's a great um, uh, um, app that I use, and I'm going to forget the name of it here, <laughs> Divine Office. Well, that makes sense. It's called Divine Office. It's an app. And actually, that's what I use here in the chapel because it's people praying the day's morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, night prayer of the day. It's all up to date. And uh, I, I bring it into the chapel with me, and I pray with the people, basically. So it sounds like there's more than just me in the chapel praying out loud. It's, it's, so it's, and I believe it's free. I, I, I think it's free. It's called Divine Office. Check it out on your, on your app store, Divine Office. And um, just, I really encourage praying Liturgy of the Hours because it is entering into liturgy. Holy Father said, in Christian life, the uh, corporal and material sphere may not be dispensed with because Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, it became the way of salvation. Therefore, there is no Christian spirituality that is not rooted in the celebration of the holy mysteries. And then he quoted from the Catechism, so the Holy Father teaching from the Catechism, which said, the mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit proclaims, makes present, and communicates the mystery of salvation, which is continued in the heart that prays. Remember now, the Holy Father, this is part of his teaching on prayer, his catechesis on prayer that he's been doing for a number of weeks now at the general audience. Uh, Pope Francis said, in the history of Christianity, there's often been a temptation to emphasize one's individual prayer over the spiritual importance of public liturgical rites. Often the tendency claimed the presumed greater purity of a religiosity that did not depend on external ceremonies considered a useful or harmful burden. However, the Holy Father said, the liturgy is the foundational act of the Christian experience. It is an event. It is presence. It is an encounter. It's an encounter with Christ. Christ makes himself present in the Holy Spirit through the sacramental signs. Hence, the need for us Christians to participate in the divine mysteries. So again, the, the beautiful opportunities that we have, as the Holy Father is stating here and emphasizing, that we have in entering into these liturgies, the sacraments, and, of course, the Holy Mass. And the Holy Father said when the first Christians worshipped, they did so by actualizing the gestures and words of Jesus with the light and power of the Holy Spirit. 
St. Paul writes in the letter to the Romans, I therefore urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Life is called to become worship of God, but this cannot happen without prayer, especially, Pope Francis said, liturgical prayer. This thought helps us all when we go to Mass. He said, I go to pray in community. I go to pray with Christ who is present. When we go to the celebration of a baptism, for example, it is Christ there, present, who baptizes. And then he kind of asked the question, but Father, this is an idea, a way of speaking. No, it is not a way of speaking. Christ is present, and in the liturgy, you pray with Christ who is next to you. And course, he's speaking now at a time, as the article states that I'm reading from the Catholic News Agency, uh, when public worship remains suspended in some parts of the world due uh, to the pandemic. The Holy Father noted that even during times when Christians experience imprisonment or persecution, when the liturgical rite is at its most bare, Christ makes himself truly present and gives himself to us, his faithful. So you think about, you know, we, we, we may, like I just did, complain about having to wear a mask. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is, is that we're still able to be there uh, during the beautiful liturgy, the sacrifice of the mass. We're able to be in Christ's real, true, substantial presence in the Eucharist. Where are there people are around the world where if they are able to go to mass, it's underground and it's it's you know they they not so they can't have it they can't go some countries are still in complete lockdown so they can't get to mass at all. We'd remember those dry days back in uh, March and April, in May I guess we went into May uh, with the lockdowns we couldn't even get to mass right churches were locked. Holy Father said the liturgy, precisely because of its objective dimension, asks to be celebrated with fervor so that the grace poured out in the rite is not dispersed but reaches the experience of each one. The Catechism, again, quoting from the Catechism, says, Prayer interiorizes and assimilates the liturgy during and after its celebration. And the Holy Father said that certain forms of spirituality can be found in the church which have not been able to adequately integrate the liturgical movement. Many faithful, though assiduously participating in the rites, especially at Sunday Mass, have drawn nourishment for their faith and their spiritual life rather from other sources as a devotional type. He said, in recent decades, much has been done. And then he quotes from the Second Vatican Council, uh, the Constitution Sacrosanctum Concilium, he said it represents a pivotal point on this long journey. It reaffirms in a complete and organic way the importance of the divine liturgy for the life of Christians who find in it that objective uh, mediation required by the fact that Jesus Christ is not an idea, not a feeling, but a living person and his mystery, an historical event. Uh, so, again, you know, when we go, especially to Mass, the Holy Father mentions the sacraments themselves. You know, when you go to confession, um, the priest is there in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. It is Jesus who is saying to you in the confessional through the priest, I absolve you from your sins. 
it is Christ himself. And of course, we know in, in, in the Holy Eucharist, it is Jesus Christ really, truly, and substantially present there in the sacrament. And when we go to Mass, we are participating in a representation of the one sacrifice on the cross. It's not that Jesus, you know, one of the one of the great misconceptions and misinformation that is uh, disseminated and has been for uh, hundreds of years is that the Catholic Church re-crucifies Jesus at every every mass. That's not absolutely not true. It's a representation of the one sacrifice for all that Christ uh, made on the cross. So we're actually there at Calvary, at the Holy Mass. And Jesus Christ makes himself present to us, really and truly and substantially present in the sacrament. And we hear the living word of God through the reading of, of uh, readings of the day from sacred scripture. All of this, you know, when we sing the, the holy, 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 where the angels are singing with us. Maybe we can't hear them, but they're singing with us. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. It's all contained in the Mass. And I, I, I was reading, there's, um, and we might be able to get him on, uh, Dr. Scott Hahn, uh, talking about entering into the Mass and how important that is, especially these days, to really allow ourselves to enter into a totally greater realm and higher realm in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, in the in, in sacred liturgy, which is what Holy Father is saying today, to be able to understand that and to really appreciate it, uh, to encounter Jesus, that it's not just an idea, it is the real living Jesus who is present to us in Mass and in the sacraments. All right, take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the uh, Second Vatican Council uh, decree on the Apostolate of the Laity, talking today about family. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. Voices are on EWTN Radio. And Crest in the Afternoon looks at all of life through the lens of Scripture and the teaching of the Catholic Church. Church teaching is the light by which we view the world, and so we'll explore everything from abortion to Hollywood and from the First Amendment to the United Nations and everything in between. Following St. Paul, we're seeking transformation through the renewing of our minds. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. Dr. Simon Greenleaf was a Harvard Law professor. He wanted to debunk Christianity. He thought everything these people believe rests on their claim that Jesus rose from the dead, but that wouldn't even hold up in court. So he started writing about it, and he became a Christian. Why? He eventually concluded, what's going to put someone away in court? An eyewitness. What if you have a bunch of eyewitnesses? 
Jail? <laughs> what if the eyewitnesses are all willing to die for what they saw? Case closed. That's what we have with the rising of Jesus from the dead. Not just people dying for a belief system. These people died for something way more than that. They died for something they saw. Big difference. St. Peter was crucified. He said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. St. Bartholomew was skinned alive. It makes no sense to do that for a lie. The resurrection of Jesus, God conquering death, it's the best news in history. And the best part about it is, it's all real. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Is your life so fast that you cannot see a sunrise or sunset or pass one of these places in the country that have all kinds of little flowers? Have you ever stopped and gone, just walked through them and said, our God is wonderful. So you're so caught up in gadgets. Rush, 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 rush. And you're living and you're not living. And you're getting older, but you won't admit it. I have a real problem with somebody to hold are you to say, but I don't talk about my age. <laughs> well, if you let me guess, it's gonna be worse. <laughs> Isn't it? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. back on this beautiful February 3rd, 2021, the Feast of St. Blaise. And uh, I stepped outside for a moment earlier this afternoon and everything's dripping off the the, um, the roof and I don't know, the sun is in and out and things are already melting, which is, um, you know, which is good. I like, <laughs> I like when the snow goes away. We haven't had much snow in the past couple of years, but um, I know up north, Depending on where you are, maybe our friends down in Cape May uh, listening on our station down there. You didn't get much down there, but I know uh, in Hunterdon County where people hear us up in the Flemington area and north of there, uh, they got close to two feet. So I think here, you know, it didn't look uh, here at the station. And we're in Ewing in Mercer County. I'm going to say maybe 
maybe eight, nine inches it looked like. I don't know. It's tough to measure because um, I don't go out in it. That's why. Uh, so now um, we're going to go to the, the uh, Vatican Council document uh, decree on the apostolate of the laity, teaching specifically today about the family. And so before we get there, speaking of family, um, through the, the extreme generosity of a couple of uh, um, Knights of Columbus councils, because they, they're the ones who put this prayer card out, the prayer that we pray here at the top of the, the program, the consecration prayer uh, to the Holy Family, consecrating families to the Holy Family, um, we were given, uh, we have right now about, uh, I think maybe two or three, 300 maybe in our possession, another couple of thousand coming our way from the Knights of Columbus. We're grateful for that. So I put on our website, if you would like copies of this prayer that we pray at the top of the hour, consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth, we want to send them to you for free. Again, courtesy of the Knights of Columbus because they provided them to us for free. And uh, we'll even pick up the postage, just as we did with the, the prayer for our country back in the summer. Um, want to get these prayers out. So if you go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and on the banner up on top, there, the second, I think the second banner that pops up is the consecration prayer. Just click on that. It'll take you to the consecration prayer uh, page on our website, and you can um, submit your order, request, however you know, however many you want. Um, we'll send them out to you. You can also go on the top of our website where there's a link for prayer. You know, it says home, donate, listen, watch, programming, prayer. Uh, if you scroll your cursor over prayer, the first thing you see is consecration prayer to the Holy Family. Just click on that, and you can... Give us your name and address and how many you want, and we'll get them out to you. Bear with us over the next couple of weeks because, as I said, I'll be away. Um, But we will get them out to you, and um, uh, we want you to have them. And again, thanks to the Knights of Columbus uh, councils who donated these to us so we could get them out to you. Uh, I first became aware of this on the Feast of the Holy Family back in December up at St. Magdalene's Parish in Flemington, where Cheryl is the, the director of liturgy and music, and I went to Mass there with her that day. And um, they passed these prayer cards out, and before the Mass began, we prayed the prayer of consecration to the Holy Family. I thought this is beautiful, a beautiful picture of the Holy Family on the front, uh, and it has the, um, uh, the prayer is composed by Archbishop William E. Lurie of Baltimore, who's the Supreme Chaplain for the nights. So beautiful prayer. And um, as I said, we, you know, you hear us pray it at the top of this program and on Friday's program. And we also now are running it. We're praying it uh, regularly on the air. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org and uh, request your free uh, consecration prayer to the Holy Family, because we have to strengthen Holy Families and and raise Holy Families and, and, uh, consecrate our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth, the model family for all. So these are our gift to you and the gift of the Knights of Columbus. Just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the prayer link and uh, the consecration prayer to the Holy Family. So we want to send it out to you. All right, so we started this a few weeks ago. This is the um, decree on the apostolate of lay people from November of 1965, <laughs> 56 years ago. <laughs> That's scary. Isn't that, isn't that scary? 
You know what scares me is that I taught students in high school who were born in 1965. <laughs> and now they're 50, 55, 56 years old. And former students are eligible for uh, AARP or whatever they call it. Um, but in this particular section on uh, the apostolate of lay people from the, the Council Fathers in the decree, there's a section on family. And, you know, again, I think one of the benefits I see anyway of, and there aren't, you know, we look at all the negative sides of the pandemic and the lockdowns, but I think because of the lockdowns, families have been forced and are, you know, forced to spend more time together. And in so many cases you hear about, I know, and I, our, our, and I use this as an example uh, our son and daughter-in-law now have three little ones, you know, or they had a, a baby. Their third child was born in, in October. Um, our three beautiful little grandchildren who we just miss so much. But they tell us how it's, they've, you know, they've been forced to get into a routine with the kids and they're just so, and they're just getting, they're growing a lot closer, the five of them, because they're in that confined space most of the time and 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 uh you know so that's that you know the lord always he'll always take the allow these good and beautiful things to happen even in the midst of some of the most trying and pressing times but let me read to you what the council fathers in this decree on the apostolate of lay people say about the family specifically uh they wrote the creator of all made the married state the beginning and foundation of human society. By his grace, he has made it, uh, made of it, uh, too, a great mystery in Christ and in the church. And so the apostolate of married persons and of families has a special importance for both church and civil society. And this is why, my brothers and sisters, you know, you know, when the church teaches as... The Council Fathers did here in this decree and have uh, the the church has been teaching it from the beginning um, that marriage, the definition of marriage, is the union between one man and one woman. One biological man and one biological woman. And with that, as the council fathers write here, this married state between one man and one woman uh, is the beginning and the foundation of human society. So when you see the teardown and the breakdown and the attempt to redefine and restructure and recreate, or as they say, what's the catch? Reimagine the family. Marriage, it obviously is having and has had and is having an adverse effect on the foundation of society in so many areas of life. The Council Fathers write, Christian couples are for each other and for their children and for their relatives, cooperators of grace and witnesses of the faith. They are the first to pass on the faith to their children, 
and to educate them in it. By word and example, they form them to a Christian and apostolic life. They offer them wise guidance in the choice of vocation, and if they discover in them a sacred vocation, they encourage it with all care. You know, and how many, sadly, how many Catholic couples today, you know, let me, go, let me back up a little bit. I, I think I go back to, to when I was a child being raised by two very faithful Catholic people. My mother and father, God rest their souls, had five children, uh, ensured that by their own witness, by their own example, and by their own authority and teaching over their children, <clears throat> we were educated in, in the faith because both at home, but all of us, all five, uh, went through Catholic school, uh, elementary school, and high school. And the example that was set, because mass was it was not optional. It was, you know, it, it, in fact, when the, when the when my mom and, and and dad and raising the children, when the babies were there, and we had five children, so the and about three and a half four years apart, <clears throat> my mother and father would alternate going to mass. One would stay home with the kids because when the babies were little, they, they were, in those days there were no cry rooms. But they wouldn't miss mass. They would just say, "Okay, I'll go to the nine, and and, and when I come back, and I'll you, I'll take you to the ten thirty, and I'll watch the kids." I mean, it, it all there was no there was no question about whether or not to go to mass. It just was it was a Sunday you go or holy day, um, and then to recognize in as the fathers right here to um, by word and example form a Christian and apostolic life. You know, and, and myself and many of you listening, watching, uh, children of the 60s and 70s, you know, they were, they were rough times uh, because there was an enormous allurement away from the faith on young people. Society had, you know, been delving into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, people our age growing up in the late teens and early 20s, we were faced with all of these uh, of society's um, downfalls, <laughs> and it was tough, especially on our parents, I'm sure. And we all had our moments, we all, you know. But because of that foundation of the seeds that were planted in the uh, upbringing in the faith, those roots were deep. And even though sometimes we may have wavered and our faith, faith withered a little bit up on the surface, eventually, because the roots were so deep, we came back healthy and strong in the faith. But many did not. The fathers say to give a clear proof in their own lives of the indissolubility and holiness of the marriage bond to assert with vigor the right and duty of parents and guardians to give their children a Christian upbringing, to defend the dignity and legitimate autonomy of the family, this has always been the duty of married persons. So the duty of married persons to give clear proof in their own lives of the indissolubility and holiness 
of the marriage bond, to assert with vigor the right and duty of parents and guardians to give their children a Christian upbringing, to defend the dignity and legitimate autonomy of the family. It says this has always been the duty of um, married people. Now remember, this is 1965, 55 years ago. It was November of 65, so... It says, today, however, it has become the most important aspect of their apostolate. They and all the faithful, therefore, should collaborate with men of goodwill in seeing that these rights are perfectly safeguarded in civil legislation and in social administration consideration is given to the requirements of the family in the matter of housing, education, of children, working conditions, social security and taxes, and in immigration regulations, family life is perfectly safeguarded. So 1965. Uh, the mission of being the primary vital cell of society has been given to the family by God himself. The very, very vital and, and basic cell of society, the, the Council Fathers write, has been given by, to the family by God himself. This is nothing the church made up. God himself, the mission of being the primary vital cell of society. They write, this mission will be accomplished if the family, by the mutual affection of its members and by family prayer, presents itself as a domestic sanctuary of the church. If the whole family takes its part in the church's liturgical worship, if finally it offers active hospitality and practices justice and other good works for the benefit of all its brothers suffering from want. So the, the role of the family they're defining here, they're, they're exhorting the family. The mission will be accomplished, and that mission of, of being the primary vital cell of society given to the family by God himself will be accomplished if the family, by the mutual affection of its members and by family prayer, present itself as a domestic sanctuary of the church. If the whole family takes its part in the church's liturgical worship. And I, you know, again, there too, I think we've seen a, a sadly, a breakdown Families have stopped going to Mass together at all. Uh, we, and, and I think in some ways it's just out of pure ignorance, so I don't really have to go. That's the scary thing right now about how especially younger people with young families are going to interpret the dispensation that's been given because of the pandemic— when that dispensation is um, removed and everything gets back to normal, will the people come back? I think people my age and older who have been regular mass goers will come back. You know, we see uh, we're, we're a little closer to the exit ramp, as Father Groeschel used to say. So we see the lights at the end of the ramp saying, okay, well, we're almost there. I want to be sure I'm 
uh, in the proper state. So I'm not going to intentionally miss mass or uh, prevent myself from receiving the sacraments. But sadly, our younger people who have been more lax in their worship now being told you don't have to go. And, with, you know, we understand why that was done, and we, we certainly aren't, aren't arguing with that. But their justification or rationalization of when that dispensation is removed, will they come back? Family worship is so important in, in the mission of being as the, the primary cell of society. And finally, uh, it offers if the family offers active hospitality and practices justice and other good works, for the benefit of all its brothers suffering from want. That's something I think a lot of families don't don't think about. You know, the mission of being the vital cell of and the primary cell of society is to within your family structure ensuring and, uh, and practicing hospitality and charity especially towards those who are suffering from want. The Council Fathers say among the various works of the family apostolate, the following may be listed. Adopting abandoned children, showing a loving welcome to strangers, helping with the running of schools, supporting adolescents with advice and help, assisting engaged in couples to make a better preparation for marriage, taking a share in catechism teaching, Supporting married people and families in a material or moral crisis, and in the case of the aged, not only providing them with what is indispensable, but also procuring for them a fair share of the fruits of economic uh, progress. So think about all those things, the duties of families. And what are we teaching our children in a what is, and I'm not saying that, that this applies to necessarily you good Catholic families out there, but the, the society as a whole is very narcissistic and uh, very selfish in many ways. Now, I know people give to charities, and I, I, we certainly realize that here, and we're thankful and grateful. In fact, I read somewhere that... Um, more people have given to charities, charitable causes during the pandemic who had never given before. The, the number of, of the percentage of millennial giving uh, increased by 25 percent. Millennials, I hate to say it, have a reputation of not being uh, very good givers. But apparently over the past almost year now during the pandemic, millennial giving has been uh, on the increase, on the rise. Maybe it's because they're getting older. And they're becoming more understanding of responsibility and uh, for, uh, you know, those who are less fortunate, et cetera, or needy Catholic radio apostolates. <laughs> um, and the fathers write, everywhere and always, but especially in regions where the first seeds of the gospel are just being sown or where the church is still in its infancy or finds itself in a critical situation, Christian families bear a very valuable witness to Christ before the world when all their life they remain attached to the gospel and hold up the example of Christian marriage. Now, I, as I'm reading this, again, we're talking 1965, and we think back to 1965, and I remember in my Catholic grade school, 
especially during Lent, having the mite boxes in our uh, classrooms or being given the little cardboard mite boxes we could put together and bring home and put our little pennies and nickels and dimes in it to, to help save the pagan babies who were off in some faraway third world land toward the missions and helping, you know, Operation Rice Bowl and things like that. And everything was somewhere else in the world, but especially as it regards the evangelization efforts made by the church in these places as the Father's right, where the church is still in its infancy or where the gospel is just being sown. Well, 56 years later, those mission fields are right here. There have been, there ha, there's been a, a, an enormous uh, drought in so many areas of life here in the United States of America where the gospel has not been proclaimed, where it had been proclaimed years ago, but it stopped over the past couple of generations. Now we have the ripest mission fields right here in our own country. And it is actually those wonderful uh, men and women, religious and, 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 and the priests, who, uh, because of the efforts made in missionary activity by the church in these faraway places, now come here and they're saving us in so many ways. But our responsibility as family is to give that good witness to uh, remain attached to the gospel and hold up the example of Christian marriage right here in the mission fields of the United States. We'll stop there. We'll come back here next week. Oh, no, next week I won't be here. When I come, when I come back uh, from my little time off, um, we'll talk more about this. But anyway, have a great rest of your day, my friends. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing, with the catechism. And then uh, Cheryl and I will be here on Friday. Uh, so thank you for your time, for taking some time out of your day to be with me. God bless you all. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and God love you. Mm-hmm.